Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. There's a couple of, of words and phrases that I feel like we've kind of focused on in, in 2020. And to be honest, I'm, I'm sick of saying these words and I'm sick of hearing these words. Uh, words like unprecedented. Have you heard that word this year? Like, I don't know how many times I've said that word myself. We say things like, you know, uh, this year is an unprecedented year in, in history. I don't know about you, but I could go for some plain old precedented years coming up. Can I get a witness for that? Just plain old precedented is what I'm, I want. Uh, a, a similar word, but, but different, is the word unparalleled. We use that. Like the, the stock market fluctuation is unparalleled in, in history. Or, or this word, have you heard this? Pivot. Like how many times have we used the word pivot this year? Uh, we, we say things like this. Well, because of the pandemic, we had to pivot our business model or pivot our plan. Can we just be honest and say we've all pivoted so much this year, we just threw out a hip. Can we just say that? We just threw out a hip because we pivoted so much. So you have, you have unprecedented, unparalleled, and, and pivot. Are there, are there any other things we're, we're sick of? Oh, yeah, I'm sick of hearing this one. They're out of toilet paper again. I <laughs> Still have not figured that one out, but apparently a congestion leads to a need for toilet paper and we just go rushing to the, to the store there. Um, so th- those are words we've, we've focused on this year and we've said them and they are, they are very, very true. Uh, but here's a word that, that I've been focused on recently. It's the word uncertain. Uncertain in the dictionary uh, definition is this, not able to be relied on, not known or definite, an uncertain future. Anyone feeling a bit uncertain these days? Just me? <laughs> there is uncertainty about the rising number of, of COVID cases and what that's going to mean for, for all of us. Uncertainty about the possibility of a vaccine. Not only will the vaccine work, but, but the question of should I or should I not receive the vaccine, there, there's great uncertainty there. Even though the, the stock market is back up again, there is still massive financial uncertainty these days. There's political uncertainty with the transfer of power, the, the new administration, what decisions will they make and how will that affect my life? And there is still this massive political divide and uncertainty in our country, more divided than I think I've ever witnessed in my entire life. There is racial uncertainty, the tension that remains among us that's yet to be resolved, and the questions of of what can we do, what will we do to bring about racial reconciliation and healing and, and the changes to our country and culture and some of the systems we have in place that have compounded the problems through the years. And on top of all that, if it couldn't get any worse, I'm going to give you more bad news. We have the massive, I mean massive, sometimes overwhelming uncertainty about whether or not Tom Brady will win another Super Bowl with a different team. It was getting too tense there to lighten it up. But like for real, it's a question of mine. I'm praying to the Lord in heaven that he will see it our way and neither New England or Tampa Bay will win. The reality is we're all facing uncertainty. In fact, we always face uncertainty. 
both on a general level that we experience together, but also on an individual level that in different unique ways, we all experience uncertainty in life. And while I'm not sure I've ever felt more uncertain about any season in my life than I do about this one now, I do know this, that I'm okay, I, I'm okay with uncertainty. It's clarity that I need. I'm not okay with uncertainty, but it's clarity that I need. Clarity in the midst of the uncertainty is what, what I need to have. And today I believe God has a word for us as we talk about clarity in uncertain times. Clarity in uncertain times. If you don't know who I am, by the way, uh, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And I hope that you were able to have a very precedented Thanksgiving uh, with people that you love. As long as no one brought up uh, politics, the vaccine, racial reconciliation, or Tom Brady, you probably had a pretty good Thanksgiving. Uh, so I hope you had a, a great one. To our online family, hello to you guys as well. Uh, once again, I'm just so thankful that we have this avenue here online to keep you engaging with our ministry. Uh, right now, about 60% of our congregation is either watching online or not engaged at all. So we're going to keep on uh, offering you this for as long as we have to. And our vision remains the same for you, whether you're here in person or, or not. Uh, we exist to help guide you, guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. And speaking of of impact. Last weekend, uh, not only were we able to see the massive impact we made through the food pantry giveaway, uh, but we also did the $1 challenge last week. And I wanted to update you on that. We challenged each person last Sunday to bring $1 to give away to the Unaccompanied Student Initiative, which is an amazing organization here in Laramie County that seeks to provide housing, safe and stable housing for the growing number of homeless students in our, our county. And all total, after we matched the, the money with $1,500 from our outreach fund, uh, we were able to give the Unaccompanied Student Initiative $3,633 last week, which is incredible. I think we should celebrate that. It's awesome. It's going to a great cause and we'll keep on doing the dollar challenge here and there throughout the year. So just thank you so much uh, for being generous. Even if it was just $1, uh, your generosity is making an impact. And I'm so encouraged that people are still giving even in this very, very uncertain time, which is a great transition back to uncertainty. Life itself is uncertain. It's just a fact of life that will never go away. And like I said, I'm, I'm okay with uncertainty because clarity is what I need. And here's why I say that. It's our big idea for today. You can write it down if you want to. Clarity in what God offers can overpower the uncertainty of life's obstacles. Clarity in what God offers can overpower the uncertainty of life's obstacles. It's almost a tongue twister. I'm like a poet. I don't even know it. Uncertainty is a part of life. Obstacles are a part of life, but clarity in what God offers can also be a part of our life as well. I'm talking about things from God that we can be sure of no matter how uncertain life is. Now, I know that not everyone who is here uh, believes in, in God. And that's a decision that you alone can make to put your faith in God through Jesus. And if that's you, you don't believe, thank you so much 
for trusting us with some of your time. Uh, and I hope you know that we're going to do our best to love you and honor you regardless of, of what you believe about God or about faith in, in Jesus. I will tell you, one of the best parts to me about my Christian faith is the clarity we can have in God. So many times in life, when everything seems cloudy, unclear, out of control, and uncertain, it's these things we're looking at today that have the power to see us through, to give us the clarity we need to overpower the uncertainty that we face. So here's the big question that we're going to try to answer today. What clarity does God offer in uncertainty? If God offers clarity, what clarity does he offer? The main scripture is all of Psalm 46. We're going to walk through the entire Psalm today. If you don't have a Bible, uh, all of it will be on the screens to follow along. If you don't own a Bible and you're here in person, ask for one out at guest services. We'll get you a Bible free of charge, or you can download a free one on any mobile device called YouVersion. A couple weeks ago in my quiet time with God, uh, God took me deep into this chapter here. And it was so challenging and so encouraging. As soon as I read it and kind of learned some things behind the meaning of it, I knew I needed to preach it to our congregation someday. And today is that day. It's believed that Psalm 46 was written during a season of incredible uncertainty for God's people. The king of Assyria, a foreign country, a wicked, violent king and country, was coming against Israel with the threat of destruction. The people of God were facing literally their version of our 2020. So this psalm is perfect for us today. Psalm 46, starting in verse 1, says this. God is our refuge and strength. Who is? God is. Not the Republican or Democratic Party, not Biden or Trump, not financial security, vaccines, or a COVID-free world. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear. I could camp out there for a while, but we ain't got time. We will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Clarity in what God offers can overpower the uncertainty of life's obstacles. So what clarity does God offer in uncertainty? Now, please be mindful of the fact that these aren't the only things we have clarity on, by the way. There, there's other things we're not even gonna talk about in this, in this message. In every 35-minute sermon, I can't cover every single topic there is. We're not even gonna talk about the clarity we have that God loves us. He proved it on the cross when Jesus, God in the flesh, paid the price for our sins and then three days later rose from the dead. We're not even gonna talk about that. We're not talking about the fact that God has a purpose and a plan for us, that, that we were created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned for us to do long ago. This is Ephesians 2 verse 10 in the New Testament. We're not talking about the fact that God's preparing a place for us. Jesus said that he's going away to prepare a place that one day by faith in Jesus, we will live with him forever in a new heaven, on a new and perfected earth, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears, no more disease. There are so many other things we could talk about that we have clarity on, but, but if we just look at this passage, 
I already started preaching. I'm not even preaching yet. These are things we can have clarity on in uncertain times. And the first one I see is this. Number one, his strength in times of trouble. That as a believer in Jesus, we have his strength in times of trouble. His, and that's important. Because my strength cannot see me through, amen? His strength in times of trouble. We have that clarity that God gives us his strength. The psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. But here's what stood out to me about the depth of this passage. When the writer talked about earthquakes on the earth and, and mountains crumbling, the seas roaring, yes, those could be literal things we experience in life, but he was actually speaking prophetically. He was speaking symbolically, using different words to describe something else. And as I went digging into the meaning of this passage, I was blown away at how relevant it is for us today. Joseph Benson in his commentary said this, and this is a little bit longer than what I'd normally share with you, so kind of you know, lock into this on the screens here. In prophetic language, the earth represents the established course of human things. Mountains are princes and kingdoms, and the waters of the sea, multitudes of people. His meaning, therefore, is, though there should be nothing but shakings, commotions, and desolations in all the nations around us, hello, Though kingdoms and states be in the greatest confusion, hello, embroiled in wars, tossed with troubles, and their governments be overturned by insurrections of the people and be in continual revolution, come on, though their powers combine against the church and people of God, though they aim at no less than the church's ruin, their ruin, and go very near to effect that purpose, yet will we not fear. Why? Because we have the clarity that God is our refuge and strength. So we will not fear in times of trouble. Albert Barnes, probably my favorite theologian in his commentary, put it this way. The idea is that in any convulsion, any change, any threatened danger, or for us today, any uncertainty, the believer would place their confidence in God who ruled over all and who could not change. Which, by the way, we sang that today. <laughs> we sang it in the song. You tell mountains they must fall and they fall. You tell oceans to be still and they're calm. That you are the one above it all. No higher name, no greater throne. You stand alone. You are God over all I know. And that led us to sing, so if you are for me, what can stand against me? We literally sang Psalm 46 today. And really, if you put Psalm 46 into our modern day language and took out the prophetic language it uses, uh, I'll read to you from the JMT, the Jeff Manis translation. It would say this, God, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. That's exactly the same. Here's where it would change. So we will not fear when kingdoms rise and fall or when presidents are replaced. Uh, I'll move on. Let the politicians yell and scream. Let the people complain, criticize, and offer conspiracy theories. 
We'll move on. Let life be filled with uncertainty and I will choose to have the clarity that God is our refuge and strength. In times of trouble, friends, I don't want the strength of a country or political party or financial security or physical health. I want the strength of our Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And in in times of uncertainty, Clarity can can overpower those obstacles in our life. So what clarity does God offer in uncertainty? His strength in times of trouble. And listen, I originally took this out of my sermon, but I'm bringing it back in and I probably will regret it. We as Christians, Christians in the room, we would offer so much more hope to our world right now if we would talk about and show people our strength in God instead of showing them the latest conspiracy theory we found on YouTube. Stop with the conspiracy theories. They do no one no good. And listen, I say this, we are making fools of ourselves as Christians because we're showing our trust in a political party instead of in the person of Jesus. We have strength in the Lord and our world needs to see that. Verses four through seven. Again, speaking with prophetic symbolical language that I'll explain here in a second. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos. Their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. That's an awesome phrase. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. So the second piece of clarity God gives us is this, his safety to see us through. His strength in times of trouble and his safety to see us through. And by us, I don't necessarily mean us as individuals. The reality is God's people may not always be kept safe physically, but God's church will always be kept safe through any storm so by us, I mean us as God's church, his, his, not just element church, but God's church, his people on mission for him. That's actually what the language in these verses mean. Once again, there is a depth to this prophetic and symbolic language that we need to understand. Matthew Henry in his commentary helps us out with this, talking about these verses. The city here that we just read about refers to God's church, his people, and the river alludes to the Holy Spirit, which flows through every part of the church. It is promised that the church shall not be moved. If God be in our hearts by his word dwelling richly in us, we shall be established, we shall be helped. So again, let us trust and not be afraid. Friends, as God's church, as as his people on mission for him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we shall be established, we shall be helped, and the church shall not be moved. What a great phrase. It's, It's clarity that we can have in uncertain times. And by the way, does that sound like anything Jesus might have said? If you know the scripture, you might figure out where I'm headed here. 
In Matthew 16, Matthew, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, records how Jesus took them to a a town, a place called Caesarea Philippi. While Caesarea Philippi was only a few miles away from other Jewish towns, the worship and pagan practices, religious practices that took place in Caesarea Philippi were a far cry from the ones Jewish people would have known or approved of or God would have approved of. Caesarea Philippi was the center of a religious worship of the Greek Roman god Pan. Pan was half goat, half man. At Caesarea Philippi, there is this cave pictured here. I took this picture when we were in Israel last year. I can't remember if there used to be a river flowing into the cave or out of the cave. I think it was into the cave, a river would flow into there. Here's a close-up picture of the cave there. If you go to Israel with me in 2022, you'll stand at this very location and it is absolutely surreal. It was here at this cave that pagan worshipers believed was the gate to the underworld. Literally, they called it the gates of hell. They believed the gods of fertility lived down in the cave and they committed all sorts of detestable acts of worship and idolatry to false gods right there at that cave. Here's a picture of the remains of a pagan temple and altars that were just so the cave there is to the the far left. There was uh, remains of a pagan temple and altars outside of that cave where they would engage in unspeakable acts of prostitution, sexual acts with goats. They would even then on these altars that are remains here, they would sacrifice their virgin children, kill them, throw them into the cave, believing that would please the God Pan who would then give them their blessing. It was on those rocks there, literally at the gates of hell, in the center of wicked and vile pagan worship that Jesus makes one of the most powerful and important statements about his church. Matthew 16, verse 18, speaking to the disciples, but directly to Peter, he says this, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, little rock is what Peter's name meant. And upon this rock, so figuratively upon the rocks that we are now standing, but more literally upon this rock, Jesus saying upon myself, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Other versions translate the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I mean, think about where Jesus was when he said that. Standing at the gates of hell, Jesus said, not even this can stop my church. The worst of idolatry and pagan worship, even the sacrificing of children, not even that can stop my church. And it can't and it didn't. Like think about all of the religions and kingdoms that have come along through time and stood against God's people and God's church since this was written, yet God's church remains. Like go all the way back to the Egyptians and and their gods, the king of Assyria, Babylon, Rome, who ruled the world at this time and their god, uh, Pan, that they they worshiped even today in countries like Iran, North Korea, Nigeria, uh, China, but where, where, where Christianity is the most opposed and the most persecuted, Christianity and the church can't be stopped. It's growing exponentially. Why? Because in times of uncertainty, we have the clarity that God's safety will see his church through. 
It cannot be stopped. Which is why it's so important that we choose to be a part of the church. Because the church is the only thing that will remain. Not just element. Like, if, if you're not a part of Element Church, if you don't want to choose our church, then choose a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Jesus-centered church and get connected and plugged in and engaged because it is the church that will remain in the end. Not always that we ourselves will be kept safe, but our faith is safe and secure in, in him. And on a greater scale, his church, his people, his mission will never be stopped. It will outlast every presidential election. Every one, the church will. Every rise and fall of kingdoms, it will overcome every level of persecution. Not even the gates of hell itself can prevail against or conquer the church because as Psalm 46 tells us, a river, the Holy Spirit, brings joy to the city of our God, which is the church. God dwells in the city church. It cannot be destroyed. God will protect it. Listen, I I don't know what's going to happen in our world. There's massive uncertainty. I have no idea what our church is going to look like in the future. Right now, 60% of our church is, is attending online or not engaged at all. What's that mean for the future? I have no idea. All I know is this, clarity in what God offers can overpower the uncertainty of life's obstacles. So what clarity does God offer in uncertainty, his strength in times of trouble, his safety to see us through, that somehow, someway, God's church and his people will be standing in the end. And then he closes out verses eight through 11. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then he says this, almost like it's a therefore statement. Therefore, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. He repeats again what he already said, and this is an amazing verse, by the way. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. The third piece of clarity God gives us is this, his sovereignty over all things. His sovereignty over all things. Remember, this was written when, king, when the king of Assyria was coming against Israel to destroy it. Like everything for the people of God seemed out of control and completely uncertain. I'm sure the, the people of God were probably wringing their hands, frantic, trying to figure out how to stop the chaos. I just want to go back to normal. Ever hear that? Then what did God say? Be still like stop be still and know what be still and know that everyone should panic I don't know what happened but up in heaven we were not aware of a king of Assyria coming against you now that we know I've gathered the angels we're formulating the plan Once we have the plan, we'll let you know. But for now, the plan is panic. Right? (laughs) No. 
In the midst of chaos and confusion and uncertainty, God very intentionally told his people to be still and know I am God. I'm sovereign. I am still in control even when things seem out of control. And oh, by the way, this is so relevant to us as Christians today, especially us American Christians. God added this on. I don't need you to defend my honor. I'm God. I will be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the earth. Again, Christians in the room, we don't need to defend God. We need to be devoted to God. If more people were devoted to God, we wouldn't have to defend him. He's God. He does not need our defense. You know how ridiculous that sounds? Well, I need to defend God. Really? He breaks bows and snaps spears and causes mountains to crumble and you're going to defend him? I know you're strong and all, you've been going to the gym, but come on. And then, and then he just gives this awesome phrase. The Lord, just to remind us, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. Like the God who commands the angels of heaven. The God who orders and oversees world events. The God who knows the very number of hairs on our head. For some, it's less than others. The God who saw us before we were born who knows the exact length of our lives. The God who spoke the universe into existence with the word of his mouth. The God who came as one of us, died because of us, and rose victorious on the third day. That God, the God who conquered death, hell, and the grave. The God who will outlast all kingdoms, all powers all authority, the God who defeats all other gods. That God is here among us. He's with us. He's for us. And in the midst of uncertainty, he gives us clarity that can overpower the obstacles in our life that we have his strength, his safety, and his sovereignty over all things. So will you receive that today? Will you receive it? That's what we sang, by the way. I believe it, I receive it, my God is over all. I believe it, I receive it, my God is over all all. Will you receive that today? So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? I I want us all just just to pause for a second and literally ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And Lord, I pray that you'd speak right now. And then it's on you to respond accordingly. I will invite you to something very important this Tuesday. It's first Tuesday 
On the first Tuesday of each month, we gather together in this room for worship and prayer. And this Tuesday, it starts at 6.30, we go for an hour and we're done. But this Tuesday, we're gonna focus on Psalm 46. And we're gonna use that as our prayer guide and we're gonna seek God for, for strength. We're gonna seek God for safety for our church and for his church. And we're gonna seek God to save those who don't believe that he would be honored throughout the world. And I would love for you to come. If you come, you don't, you don't have to pray out loud. We kind of spread out through this room and, and we just let the Lord kind of lead us where to go with, with our prayers. And there's no childcare, but you're, you're welcome to come even with your kids if you want to. I'd love to see you here on Tuesday as we focus in on just being still and acknowledging that he is God. But maybe you've never experienced God because you've not put your faith in him through Jesus. Make no mistake about it. Jesus died for you. Jesus was God, came in the flesh. That's what we're gonna celebrate at Christmas. And then he died, shed his blood, and says, by faith in me, I'll forgive you of your sins. I'll fill you with, with power in the Holy Spirit. I'll enable you to follow me. And then one day, like we're gonna live forever together in eternity by faith in him. Have you experienced that? If you've not experienced that, I'd love to give you the chance right now just by saying this prayer, just say it silently in your heart. Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus, that he's God, died in my place, rose from the dead. So Jesus, my faith is in you. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean, make me new. I repent of the way I have lived. I'm gonna turn from my old sinful life and now by your help and by your power, I'm gonna follow you in a new life. I receive from you salvation. Please live in my heart. Jesus, thank you for loving even me. I'm gonna do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. We are so excited for you and so proud of you. We'd love to know about it so that we can offer you a free resource that we created. We wrote it just for you to get you taking your next steps in Jesus. You can text the word one to 41400, the number's on the screen. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, text the word one to 41400. We wanna welcome you, celebrate with you, and then offer you this resource that we created for you that will get you walking with Jesus. If you need prayer for anything going on in your life online, just click the prayer button. We'll pray for you there. Or you can go to the very back of the room if you're here in person. And our prayer team will be at the purple tent back there. And they'll pray for anything that you have going on in your life. Next week, we're starting our Christmas sermon series. I cannot believe Christmas is here. It's called The Way in a Manger. And we're talking about how Jesus is the way to real life, the way to true joy, the way to lasting peace. And then on Christmas Eve, we'll have three services. And I get to share something that I learned that I never knew about the Christmas story that blew me away. I can't wait to share it with you. That starts next Sunday. I love you guys so much. Thanks for letting me share this word with you. You are dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.